0: You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek, while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer, deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy! Hey guys, this is a special Friday edition of the midweek episode, so you get one extra bonus this week. And we're doing this because our friends David Flora from Blurry Photos and Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us and Paranormal Caught on Camera are putting together a special project that they uh, asked for a little bit of help on getting the word out. It's a a documentary that takes place in a desert out in California. So I had both of them on the show to explain a little bit about some of the stories that are going on out there and what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's a pretty fun interview. So go ahead and uh, give it a listen. Hey guys, welcome to the midweek episode, and I've got a special treat for you this week because instead of one guest, we've got two guests. We've got Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us. You heard him two, three, four weeks ago on on the episode, and we've also got David Flora from Blurry Photos. He was on about a year ago. These guys have come together for a project, and I wanted to bring them both on. I've had the privilege of being on both of their shows as well as them being on, on our show, and let me welcome to the show David Flora, first of all.
1: Oh, hey. Hey, Jerry. How's it going? <laughs> Once,
0: I like how you act surprised like,
1: well, like I wouldn't uh, welcome you to the show. He didn't know he was here. <laughs> oh, wait.
0: You're talking to me? <laughs> and tried, of course, uh, that's uh, Derek I, I, Hayes I, I, over there. Welcome, Derek. Oh, I'm here, too. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so you get David started, he don't want to stop. So. Yeah,
1: Nate nailing it. I'm really, really on top of the <laughs> my game. <laughs>
0: So, guys, look, you you both run very successful podcasts. You've both been nominated for numerous podcast awards. I just saw, David, you listed in a top 20 that came out the other day. So, congratulations. I don't even know if you saw it or not, but...
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I did. That was a great write-up.
0: Both of your shows are fantastic. I love both of them, and... You guys equally are fantastic people, so you're fun to deal with on the same time. So I was excited to hear that you two have come together for a project. Derek, tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I'll start by saying I live here in Southern California, and one of the best things to do here is camp, explore, hike, do that kind of thing, and, and we take full advantage of it. We go to all kinds of parks, desert, the mountains, the forests, everywhere. I mean, this This state is amazing. So... One of the places we would always go to is a a park called Anza Borrego State Park. And this is in the desert, kind of uh, it's east of L.A. and San Diego, kind of right in the middle there, near Salton Sea, if you're familiar, or Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. So we would go there all the time, and there's just all kinds of legends about this. There's an old stagecoach that runs through there. There's UFO sightings all through that area. There's ghost stories. There's cryptid sightings. And all this information is in the ether, but it's not really in book form, and it's not really in documentary form. So I tried to do some research on it. I tried to, you know, to buy a book and uh, I want to read about this and nothing <laughs> exists. Absolutely nothing <laughs> exists. So I called David up and I said, David, you want to work on a little project with me? You want to do a documentary about uh, an area no one's ever heard of, essentially a window area that no one's ever heard of. So I gave him a call and the sucker he is, he said, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, let me ask you this. How do, uh, how did you get involved? And obviously he called you up, but what was the relevance to involve you into this project? Well, he
1: has the looks and I have uh, the heavy lifting. That's that's what's going on with it. <laughs> We're he in had, trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he had uh, told me about this cryptid that was out there last year. He told me about it probably around May or so, which is when I do my Miss cryptid contest. He wanted me to include it in there, which I did. So I I did some research on this thing called the Borrego Sandman. It's basically just a hairy hominid. It's a Sasquatch that's running around the desert out there in Southern California. The legends of it go back to when Native American tribes were settling the area and stuff. But a lot of the writing from it, a lot of the records that we have, date back to the 1800s when a stagecoach line ran through the area. And we've got uh, sightings of different hairy hominids and what people have done and tried to hunt them and stuff. And then it kicked up again in the 60s and early 70s in Desert Magazine, where an article was written by this ex-marine who was traipsing about there in the desert and found this giant footprint that he made a plaster cast of. And, you know, it sparked all kinds of questions. So we looked into that a little bit, and as we were looking into it, more stuff started to be uncovered. You knocked over the rock, and then all the crickets and worms just start scattering, right? So like UFO encounters and sightings are out there, multiple cryptids, dogmen, things like that. There are ghost stories from the Old West, just all kinds of weird, wild phenomena not to mention like Native American petroglyphs that might indicate some of this stuff happening. So we were like, this has so much potential to be one of these window areas. You know, they talk about hot spots like the Bermuda Triangle or the Bridgewater Triangle. We want to go there and see if there's anything at all to these legends these and this phenomena. Is there something that is at the root of this? So... That's what we wanted to do and bring the audience along with us in a project to learn and see if there is indeed something going on there that is causing all of this crazy stuff to happen.
0: Let me ask you this. You mentioned petroglyphs. What, what exactly is a petroglyph?
2: Well, a petroglyph is a is rock art, essentially, that was created by Native Americans. I don't know if it has to be created by Native Americans. I don't know the definition of this. It's basically <laughs> just <laughs> a, yeah, pictures <laughs> and
1: drawings on rocks. Yeah,
2: essentially. And, and some of them are carved into the rocks, some are actually painted on. But the, the crazy thing about this desert is it's so dry and arid that these this art just survives for centuries. There's thousand-year-old petroglyphs hidden under rocks that if you're walking through the desert and you just look under, under a boulder, suddenly there's a, a, a deer or something drawn under there. So these things are are pretty much everywhere. And we we kind of started looking at a few of these and we're thinking, man, are they showing us... The Sandman, like they're showing a figure with the big hulking shoulders and, and it's drawn right next to what looks like a regular person and you can see a distinct difference. There's another set of rocks that show some sort of objects in the sky and these are multicolored objects. They're blue and green and stuff. They're not the sun. They're not stars because you can see those drawn in the picture as well. So we kind of want to get a look at these and, and figure out if maybe they're telling about some of the strange activities that took place in their time
0: or, or are we interpreting this completely wrong? Well, while we're on the subject of that, Derek, tell me a little bit about a UFO story or, or two that you know from the area, because we've heard about one of the cryptids. Is there any particular UFO stories that stand out?
2: Well, there's one, and I don't know if this is a UFO or a ghost or what you would want to call this, but uh, one of the most famous activities that take place in Anza Borrego is uh, the ghost lights, the Borrego ghost lights. Now, these things, they're described as like a fireball that shoots out of the ground and goes about 100 feet in the air and then comes back down. And they see this over and over. Well, there's some strange story about this particular ghost light. It's a tragic story, really. In the park, there is a train trestle, a wooden train trestle. It's actually the largest train trestle in the United States. Back in 1975, there was a conductor taking a train across it, and he saw a light on the other side. And he thought immediately there's a train coming, we gotta stop and back up. He calls back to the brake guy and he's like, Oh, you gotta lock him up, we're gonna we're gonna head on with the train. So they do, they lock it up, and of course it derails, and the brake man's actually killed. Oh. And it turns out that there was no train coming. It was the ghost light that the conductor actually saw that caused him to hit the brakes and caused this tragedy. Well, that's so, horrible. Yeah, I, that story. As soon as I read about that story, I was like, this has to be a documentary. Like, that's the catalyst that got me started in all this. Like, there's proof there, there's dates, there's, there's still train cars down in the bottom of this ravine. You can still see
0: them sitting down there. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. How how big of an area is this triangle, so to speak, that you guys are wanting to investigate? Well, as far as triangles are concerned,
2: this is a big (laughs) one. Uh, (laughs) The park itself is about uh, half a million square acres. So that kind of gives you an indication. That's about half the size of Rhode Island. So it's a a pretty big park.
0: Where is this desert close to?
1: It is close to San Diego. So San Diego's to the west of it. The Salton Sea is to the east. Joshua Tree to the northeast. Right in the middle of it is Borrego Springs, if anybody's familiar with that. And then it's not too far from the border of uh, America and Mexico down there.
0: Yeah. I think it's incredible that with all the phenomena that happens there, that there hasn't already been some type of documentary done on it.
2: But that's exactly what I thought. You know, when we were there, the first time I visited, we went to the bookstore, Sarah and I, my wife, went to the bookstore and I asked, you know, where's the books on ghosts? Where's the UFO books? And they had no idea what I was talking about. Like, Well, you know, there's strange stuff that happens here, but we don't have (laughs) books on the subject. And I'm like, how do you not have books on this? And I don't know if it's because it's so remote or little known or what the reason is, but there just doesn't seem to be anybody out there writing about it.
1: Yeah, there are stories and and. Little bits and pieces in different books. They're very spread out. I don't know that anybody has really collected them, which is something that Derek and I probably ought to do. That's part of, we think, the appeal of this and why we are asking, you know, for help in funding this is that it's completely unique in the paranormal documentary world. You see tons of. Of documentaries in the woods, to going up in the mountains and stuff, but I don't know if I've ever seen one, at least with this scope, that is centered in a desert, you know?
0: So let me ask you this. So I've seen the trailer. The trailer is phenomenal. You know, obviously you guys gave me a sneak peek. Very professional for, for what you've done. When do you guys plan on releasing? Well, our Kickstarter launches, uh, we're hoping
2: on March 10th. We're actually having all kinds of issues with our Kickstarter account right now, so it may be delayed a day or two, unfortunately. But we're doing our best to get it out of there. Right. Uh, so we're going to run a one month campaign and then we're going to start shooting. We're probably going to shoot from, I would say, May to December off and on. And then hopefully around this time next year we'll start to get a cut ready to to be released.
1: And something important to point out is um, if we don't get funded, then it's not going to be made. <laughs> not to not to kind of like you know fear monger into doing this, but any help is <laughs> greatly appreciated.
0: So for those of people out there that are unfamiliar with how a Kickstarter program works. Derek, give an example or or some idea about there on, on how people contribute to help a project like this get done.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I'll start off by saying we're looking for $20,000, which anybody that knows anything about film knows that's nothing. That's that's the budget on food for a lot of small productions. That's what we're looking for. Now, with Kickstarter, the way this works is you kind of pledge an amount and you get a reward for that. Our first level, the $10 level, you actually get access to an exclusive podcast that David and I are going to do about the making of this actual documentary. Uh, you'll hear a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe some extended interviews, that kind of thing. And then there's other rewards, uh, reward levels that allow you to get your name into credits. Uh, you can be an executive producer, an associate producer. We even have one that's like a curated desert gear bag that has tons of both art and like gear that you can use in the desert. So there's all kinds of these little levels, and, and they go all the way from ten dollars to I think our highest one's two thousand. Is that right, David? I think Something so. Like yeah. That think so. Yeah, so all the way up to that. So if you're a high roller and you want your name in the credits, you want to be an executive producer on this project, uh, that would be the level for you. But essentially, it's whatever you can afford, whatever you want to donate that goes a long way to help us put this project together.
1: We want to make sure that, you know, everybody is with us in this. We want you to come along with us on this journey. The whole point of this is to learn what's going on, and we want to learn with you. We want to bring you along on the journey and stuff, make you a part of this.
0: Yeah. So just so people are clear out there, you know, you may not have heard Kickstarter, or you might not be as familiar with Kickstarter, but it's basically like a GoFundMe page for creators. And they can, once the money starts coming, they can start they don't have to get the full twenty thousand to be able to start, but once they see that they're progressing nicely, they can go ahead and start filming and using what funds have become available already. So, just to give you an idea out there, it is close to you know most of the people are familiar with the GoFundMe pages, and this is similar,
2: mm-hmm.
0: very similar. The big advantage is here, though, is when you donate. Much like people see with like you know KET and PBS and stuff, when you donate, you get something back in return.
1: Exactly, some sort yeah. of desert goodie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tell me how long this this. this This four-minute video that I've watched on the trailer—how long did it take you guys to film that four minutes?
1: Took us a couple days to shoot all that uh, footage. We went out there. I flew in from Chicago, and we drove out there, camped in the desert, and then we selected a few different spots to go to. And since this place is so massive, you know, it took about an hour, an hour and a half to drive anywhere to these spots, even though we were in the middle of the park. And we shot over a two-day period including going out to the Arroyo Tapiato Mud Caves, which is a place where some of these hairy hominids are supposed to, you know, maybe live. And we went out boulder hopping in the desert to try and find some of these petroglyphs. And this was, even though it was in the fall, Derek, well, it was still 100 degrees plus out Easily. there. Yeah. It was awesome. Got heat stroke immediately.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we,
0: we almost died. We almost died. In, in fairness, David, you are practically clear. So the sun in a desert doesn't seem like the proper place to spend much time.
1: Well, it's it's from it's why Derek called me up to research this because I, you know, I stay in my dungeon reading books. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, There's a little behind the scenes I'll give you guys. Uh, when you watch the video at the very end, there's a few minutes or probably like 45 seconds, honestly, where David and I talk to the camera in front of a campfire. We're kind of explaining the Kickstarter levels, how all this stuff works. But what people don't realize is that both he and I are suffering from some sort of ailment. I don't know if it's heat stroke, something along those lines. We can't form a sentence. We can (laughs) barely breathe. We can't. Our eyes won't focus. Like, it was pretty bad. After yeah. after we finished the take, we both just laid on the desert ground for hours and, like, cooled off. And finally we felt okay by the end of the night. But <laughs> that place is serious. Like, there's animals out there. There's the weather. There's Oh, yeah. It's a dangerous place without the cryptids and, and aliens. Not to mention the colorful characters that you come across.
0: Any stories you can share about some of the colorful characters that you came across?
1: <laughs> um, thanks, thanks for that uh, uh, T-ball hit there, Jerry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we found this one place called Coyote's uh, Flying Saucer Repair. And we're like, man, we're just like 10 miles from this thing. Let's go check it out. And we pulled up and on the side of the road, you see, first of all, there's like a few UFOs sitting there. And then there's, a, they're made like out an, of
2: garbage. We should add, it's <laughs> like made out of old parts of stuff, vacuum sweepers and whatever you can find. Parts, yeah. Yep. And and then there's like
1: this this trailer, like like a Winnebago sitting there, and and then I think a couple, at least two boats, sitting back here on this lot, and they're just on the, on the side of the road, right. And we pull up and go and see if anybody's home. And this guy hangs out the side of the Winnebago with about 20 dogs hanging out of the window with him and just starts talking to us. And we spend about a half an hour there listening to this guy. Talk <laughs> it was amazing we basically it was one of those things where we were like, well, we got some other stuff to do and then it'd be like 20 minutes more and it'd be like, all right well time for us to hit the road and it'd be like 20 minutes more and <laughs> it ended up he ended up giving us these rocks with alien faces painted on them he wore this alien mask at one point I, it was surreal it was I mean it may have been a fever dream from the heat stroke I don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> this guy was crazy. I mean, he had in some good stories. Way. He told us about yeah, in the best way. He uh, he told us about uh, some green lights that he would see from his little encampment or whatever you want to call that, uh, like UFOs basically. And his buddy had seen a dog man uh, near mm-hmm. Salt and Sea, so he gave us that story. That's the thing, though, in the desert like this, you meet characters that they go out there for a reason. They're they're <laughs> away from people for a reason. They they like it out there. So. The people we're going to run into are going to be oddballs. That's just how it's going to work out.
0: Do you guys foresee this being a one episode, 90 minute, you know, two hour documentary, or do you see it being multiple episodes?
2: We're shooting for 90 minutes or, you know, roundabout that, just like a feature length documentary. This is going to be hopefully a one and done, although we keep teasing uh, some sort of sequel, but hopefully it's like a 90 minute runtime. It's not going to be like a series or anything like that. It should just be a one off.
1: We're thinking that if we go out there and come away with more questions than answers, then, yeah, maybe we will do um, Anza Borrego to Electric Borregaloo or something like that. <laughs> nice. And there
2: goes all of our Kickstarter support. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Click un- unsubscribe. Gone.
0: <laughs> all the support and credibility gone with one statement. <laughs> the power of puns. Welcome to our lives. <laughs> but guys, I think it's going to be an awesome project. We obviously will be on board any way we possibly can, except the $2,000 level. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Ace. laughs> So whatever we can possibly do to help, you know, you guys are, are, are great friends of the show and great friends of mine and Tracy's, and, and we'll do whatever we can to help get the word out. You said something about March 10th to put this out to the public. When this comes out, we're going to be right around that time. Where would people go to look at the Kickstarter page?
1: We will have links on our all of our social media, our sites, and by the time this uh, we, we get Kickstarter squared away, and again, we apologize if if it hasn't been squared away yet, it- It should just be a few days off, if anything, just so we can cross all the T's and dot all the lowercase J's. We are hoping (laughs) that you probably won't be able to escape this trailer once it's live to the world.
2: (laughs) You'll probably get sick of it. You'll pay us to to shut us up, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's going to be our plan B. If if we're not funded, then we're just going to force this trailer into everyone's home until they start paying us. It's it's the Bloomberg of Kickstarter projects.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who fittingly who fittingly dropped out of the race this morning as we're recording this? Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if that's the proper analogy you want to
2: use. Not a good look for us. It? Prophetic, yeah. And did I catch a Wayne's World two reference in there? Oh, a few you did, had... go David. <laughs> you absolutely did. Okay, just just well, check it. A lot of people's
1: girlfriends are in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you when you want nostalgia, you just lean towards David Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm glad, uh, I'm
1: glad you have me back, Jerry, after last time in that whole collapse with, uh, Tennessee and the SEC tournament. And as we record this, literally Kentucky just lost again to Tennessee last night. And I told Jerry before this, man, we gotta, we gotta start scheduling this in the summer. So, so this kind of crap stops happening. <laughs>
0: Yeah, David has to be the worst sports luck person <laughs> in the in the entire world. It's incredible. So he he comes to our house last year. We sit down and record it. We watched the SCC tournament. Of course we lose to Tennessee, which we were supposed to win. Oh yeah. And we and we lost. And then he says, hey, let's record uh, with Derek tomorrow. And I'm like, great. And then the night before, we once again lose to Tennessee, who we were supposed to beat. So I can only blame this on
2: you.
1: I have no idea what what kind of uh, hoodoo I've got working. But, man, we got to find some way around it.
2: (laughs) David, I'm going to need you to start rooting for the uh, Alabama Earl Tide. Oh, yeah. For me. I'm a huge Buckeyes football fan, so I just need you to do me a little favor. (laughs) While you're at it, go ahead and root for Clemson as well. You,
1: you want me yeah. to, to put on a, a Michigan uh, jersey the night before they play and we'll talk about stuff. Well, they
0: stuff. beat
2: themselves. We don't, we don't worry about.
0: Yes, yeah, so they got Michigan taken care of.
2: <laughs> They're not a problem. We're talking about real teams here. Anyway,
0: guys, this I'm, got derailed ex- big
2: time, didn't it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, guys, I'm excited about the project, and I and I'm glad to be a, a little part of, of just being able to try to support you guys in it. And uh, what's the website for Kickstarter?
1: Right now, we're waiting to get that URL set up, and it should be Kickstarter.com/slash/Blurry Monsters Media. I'm, I'm guessing if you go there and search, we're trying to get it set up to where before we launch, you'll be able to get a notification when it goes live. And then if this comes out, then obviously, hopefully we have it either taken care of and launched or it's well on its way. So if you search for blurry monsters media on there, you should, should come across something. If not, just stay tuned. It'll be on all, all of our social media. Jerry will probably share something. You'll be able to get there soon.
2: And full disclosure on this, we're being vague about the date because we're having some serious issues with the Kickstarter platform, yeah. getting certain documents up uploaded and stuff. We're having issues with it. So we're hoping that it, that it launches on time and everything. So with a little luck, it won't be a problem at all.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to take some time and be able to come on. He is Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us podcast. You've also probably seen him on Paranormal Caught on Camera, one of my favorite shows. He, of course, is David Flora from Blurry Photos. You probably seen him standing on the street corner in Chicago somewhere (laughs) holding a sign. I I would make more money doing that
1: (laughs) than I ever would (laughs) podcasting.
0: A shameless plug, though. In June thirteenth, David Flora and Blurry Photos, and of course our show, Hillbilly Horror Stories, will be joining forces with Hysteria Fifty One in Chicago, and uh, it should be a great time. So you can go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com, and it's going to be a fun show. Oh, that'll that'll be a blast. Come check it out.
2: Yeah, thanks for the invite, guys.
0: Well, (laughs) you kind of live a little far away.
2: That's a long drive. (laughs) Yeah, no
0: kidding. But thanks for having us on, Jerry. We really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: we do. Thank you.
0: It's no problem. Best of luck, guys.
1: Thank you.